I digress to say when I was doing my social work degree, for the first time in my life, I walked out of a class because there was this woman who's doing a social work qualification, uh, talked about asylum seekers and how every migrant is an economic migrant. So I, I never speak in class. I, I, I'm not one that I just get in there, tick a box, you know. Um, because I, I'm, I'm sorry, learning is going to classroom. I might be saying something against you. Apologies, you know. I'm sure you do a lot of learning. And you I'll, I'll, get, I'll get you back. Don't worry. <laughs> but, you know, um, 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 funny enough, I, I did my social work, uh, my MA in social work at MMU. So, um, and then, so this woman was basically saying uh, everybody that is here is an economic migrant and therefore it's appropriate that they're not giving the rights to work or that. So I stood up and I said to them, do you know anything about your fucking history? You know, what you consider as the, um, the great empire and that nostalgia of wanting to have Brexit done so that, that the UK can be, uh, England or the UK or whatever. You, you literally go to every fucking continent and you serve the people, take their properties and, and tell them whatever is good about you is not good until you make it British or you make it part of the empire and the great commonwealth. So I grew up, I grew up, I mean, I had the benefit of both systems of education. So I grew up reading about Geoffrey fucking Chaucer. What has that got to do with Ghana? You know? And then you, you, you turn up. So everything you, every consideration you make about good things and progress and change is in the UK. If you're in Nigeria, you're thinking, I need to travel to be, to be better. So and then if somebody wants to be good or do economic, become economically empowered, they would come to the UK because that's how we colonized and, you know, we were told this is how you better yourself. And then you're told you're actually a citizen. I mean, I, I haven't seen any, a lot of laws change as frequently as the immigration laws, where people are either one week between six months, you're either British or you're not, depending on where you were born, who gave birth to you, or which, you know. And for me, that is something that when people are talking about go back to your country, if you don't like it, they don't get it. They don't get it. But again, I don't think we explain it as well as we should because when I stood up and spoke to this lady and broke down the colonial history and, and she's like, I didn't know that. I'm like, you're fucking doing an MA course. How the hell do you not know that? So that man from Pakistan, you know, think about Pakistan and India. They were the same fucking country. And somebody decides, I want to draw a line for my own, you know, and then that changes, and then they are then pitted against each other, but they're the same people. So there is, it's so nuanced and it's so, you know, detailed that it can't just be, it's against white, it's against black, no. Yeah, a, a little knowledge no. is, a, is a very dangerous thing. And it's yeah. much, sometimes it's much easier for people to simplify than explore the complexity. And I think kudos for, standing up and educating or informing because I think that goes to the point of if we imagine it like a relationship if the other person doesn't know something or if the other person annoys you if you can 
show them what's causing the issue and they are willing and, yeah. to address it, then we move forward. If they are not willing to listen, there's, it's, it's dead on arrival. It's, there's, not, there's nothing that's going to happen. And, and, and it's that... I think, sorry, just no, the, like the point you made, which was even with the education, for example, if, if the only right version of history is your history and you're neglecting mine, that would be like dating someone and only ever telling them about you, but never learning anything about them. It could never work. Like you need, it needs no. to be a two-way thing. And by understanding yeah. each other, we'll understand that there's similarities, there's innovation in both yeah. sides, there's good, there's bad on both yeah. sides. And mm-hmm. we bring it together to come up with something new, not just this is the way. And that's, that for me is what legacy. I think we 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 we're, we're treading a very dangerous ground. I mean, I'm I know we're politicising the issue. I know we have to go to vulnerability. I have time. We have to do that. I know. Apologies for bringing making it political, but um, this was the issue I had with this whole Brexit issue, whereby I think the issue was about we nostalgia and a feeling of power. But you see, when you live in a society where Everybody's looking back and wanting to recapture some glory, wonderful day. We've mo- we're moving on. You know, now I, I, I have friends who work in Europe. As, I have a friend who works in Europe as a business analyst. And he's in deep shit because, you know, it, 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 he's going to struggle to do the things he casually does. Like, you know, he likes cheese, you know, buy cheese from France and, I told you I have rich friends, rich pompous friends, you know, and that is, but, but that that in itself is not a problem. Like I have a friend who's on dialysis, and you know, before Brexit, he would go away. He would he would just go away. He had like the European passport for medical stuff, and that's gone. And and these are little things that you know those. Um, and excuse me, I'm not being classist yet. That somebody who is listening said Northumberland or who was angry with. Uh, who jives with Boris's message and wanting to just get Brexit that doesn't understand the nuances for a businessman who has to export to Europe and now have to pay so much for import duties. And actually, people in Europe would rather trade with somebody else because if you sell to somebody in the UK, you're paying so much on um, 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 like the, the, the postage. You know, somebody, somebody mentioned about having to pay postage of £2,000 on something that he used to pay £12 for, simply because we're not in the same, you know, common, common uh, market. And that's really sad. But for me, it is also the, um, the, 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 the compliment, we're, we're complacent. People that know, especially liberal left people who think everybody should know and not educate and not take time to explain to people, then leave a lot of people not being able to go and hear the information, break it down for them, because we're pompous. I think you know, you know, we're, why, should, why don't you know? It's simple. No, it's not. You know, so, sorry, let's talk about vulnerability. <laughs> I think we are, because ultimately vulnerability is about leaving yourself open or exposed to potentially being hurt or not, you know, or receiving great stuff and going into some of these topics, which we would tend to avoid is being vulnerable 
expressing our thoughts and opinions on it is an aspect of being vulnerable. So I think we are exemplifying what the topic's about. Hey, <laughs> but we you, will, but we will, you know, I, I'd have corrected you if not. I'll, I'll let you yeah, get away with the classroom thing and say. <laughs> I know, I know. I'll say it, that. It, it, it I was just trying to be funny, but. I'll it, back <laughs> it was too personal. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, Don't be I love sorry. It. Don't be sorry. I live, I live for moments like that. If you can get in the classroom, like, People will have started to turn up. Like I'm sure someone who hadn't attended all term or all year would have heard about that and been there the next week. Like, is it gonna go down again? I, I never spoke again. I never spoke again. It just got me. It just got me. I'm sorry. It just got me because I think I think um, I think my my issue about and and bringing it to vulnerability. Um, I, I have strong feelings about a lot of things. But sometimes those things are not my issues. They're just the communal. I have like, um, I have this deep care for people who are not being given the right to be themselves, you know. Like, like for example, I know uh, a guy who came from Iraq and he's, he's a medically trained doctor, but he can't work as a doctor and he's, he works in a cafe that I used to go to work before lockdown. And the only reason I knew about him was um, I, I was reading something. I don't, we, I don't know how we got talking. And, you know, his understanding of stuff. And he works in a cafe. And I said to him, why aren't you practicing? And he goes, I cannot practice because I'm an asylum seeker. And then for somebody to just say that and just literally as if it's a luxury to come and seek asylum. You know, he's fleeing some of the most horrific you know, like, because he's a Shiad and the Sunnis, you know, all that shit. And somebody just sits in the comfort of their living room, watches a bit of TV, watches Nigel Farage talk shit, and owns that and brings it into what is supposed to be an intellectual space and makes that benign fucking statement. That triggered me, you know? Yeah. Because then I, have, I know somebody who is affected by that very way of thinking, you know? So... Anyway, I've, I've finished ranting. <laughs> no, expand your circles, people. Like, for, <laughs> for real. No, for real. Because like you yeah. say, when when you know someone, you yeah. you cannot tacitly accept or approve anything that's being said no. because it's it hits home. I know the impact. Yeah. I yeah, know the impact. yeah, yeah. You can't just passively agree to whatever people are saying no. because you go, no, no, no. That's my friend you're talking about. So you need to clarify exactly what you mean. But when it's just someone else, this disassociation, uh, there's, is it the Arbitrage Institute have a book? I think it's The Anatomy of Peace. And they talk about that, like how, say in the military, you, you don't talk about the people you're going to fight as if they're people or parents or brothers and siblings. It's the enemy. Because you have to dehumanize them. They need to be objectified as the enemy. Yeah, Yeah, when you dehumanize someone, which goes back to the Black Lives Matter thing. When you dehumanize me and you you call me a color, you're not saying I'm a human being. You're just saying I'm a kind of color. Even that removes the fact that I'm a man. Like, you know, I'm a a brother, I'm a man. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're, you're not acknowledging me in that respect. And... 
Whew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm getting triggered. Let me, let me That's all right. It's all right. Okay. You're being vulnerable, aren't you? You're being vulnerable. Let me stay focused. And let me, let me ask you, like, like we say, in terms of being vulnerable, so because you've described yeah. this wonderful journey um, with this crucial point, turning point being mm. this mm. suffering and terrible loss of the yeah. two closest people mm. uh, that you experienced. Um, with the changes that you've made since career-wise, personally, who do you now go to when you need to speak about anger or the things that are weighing you down? Do you yeah. now have people okay. that you go to or support networks in place? Um, I have, I have, a, I have, I have like a standing appointment with a therapist. Uh, I do therapy. I still do therapy once a month. Um, I think it's the easiest money um, a therapist will get. She's got a under either way. She's very good, uh, but she doesn't do much. I just talk. I just have that sort of space to talk. Uh, I have uh, counselling supervision uh, once a month. Uh, I have. Uh, I don't have a lot of friends, but I have very close friends that I trust um I mean my wife is a very strong ally and supporter um I've, I've, I've remarried uh since um and she's she's wonderful she's understands she cares you know like I think for me that the three pillars of support that anybody should get to be able to process pain and suffering because pain and suffering is a dynamic it's dyna it's dynamic you don't have suffering and then it goes away you would it's almost like having scar tissues you know you would um you would always have something going on but it's it's having a, a support a, for, a system of support to work through that and also to grow into new resilience because resilience is not a one-time thing you you have to transcend your resilience so um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus my thoughts. I have support, significant amount of support, not in many people, but it is the depth of the support. And that's what sometimes people don't get. A lot of people, because I think sometimes Facebook and all of that have like a million friends on Facebook or social media, but these are not, for me, they're not friends. They are people in my life who I can be naked with, okay? I.e. I can own my shit with. They, they hold me accountable to my fuck-ups, you know, I, as a person, and I think one of the things that people need to do is to know yourself, man, know yourself, man, know thyself, for me, it's a law, it's the law that governs self-worth, if I know myself, I know what energizes me, I know what depletes me, so I will go to what energizes me more than I go to what depletes me, but if I don't know myself, even as I evolve, I am going to always go to things that challenges my growth and, and that self-knowledge is a, it's a journey you know um i know that I, I get triggered um a bit like you i get triggered and i have um i'm blessed with a mind that can synthesize information and i can hold a lot of information and uh, and i'm verbally quite astute so I mean, I can slice you with my words if I want to. And the two 
means that, I mean, my wife will pay me tribute to say, you know, don't argue with him, especially if he's in a mood, because you're going to feel stupid. And then sometimes it's a case of knowing that and being able to say, I'm triggered, but what is, what is the best outcome? What is the path of least resistance to the impact of my behavior? If I do this, and you mentioned that when you, uh, uh, you, know, you, you get angry and you think, I need to earn a job, I have a job, so I will have to modify how I'm being. And it's about finding ways of doing it. So I have an image in my head for me. So I say to myself, okay, who gets triggered? It's my ego. What gets triggered is my ego. It's not me. I need my ego because guess what? I need to be able to look at myself in the mirror and tell myself, Daniel, you're the best in sliced bread. You're fucking awesome. I need my ego to do that. It's important. But at the same time, my ego is going when, my, when I need to make mature, sensible decisions. I'm not going to go to my ego because my ego only sees itself as the most important person in the room. And if I go to any room feeling like I'm the most important person, I'm going to be foolish, aren't I? Because no, I'm not the most important person. So I need a mature, I need the more ethereal, probably spiritual, more mature me to go out and interact with the world. And it is that very, it's a dance, you know, and which is why I mentioned earlier about duality, knowing yourself, knowing what is dark about me, which is important because your darkness can also be a strength because you can use your dark force to do very good things. It is your tenacity. It is your ability to challenge. But sometimes it isn't what you need to interact with people because that can have an impact, a harmful impact, not just on yourself and reputation, but on other people as well. So it's that finding that sort of balance, but it all comes with self-knowledge. And to be honest, with yourself to say, my name is Daniel. There are things about me I really, really like. Those things I want to benchmark. But also, there are these things about me, it might be genetic, it might be something that I like in my own private space, but I can't take it into the public space. So I need to be mindful of that. I don't want to change that because it serves me, because it allows me to fight a course. And then, actually, my name is Daniel. There are things I can change about me. I can do this a lot less. I can do this better. That is where personal improvement comes in. Professional improvement, self-growth and development then becomes that journey that you're on all the time. And watch this space. Sometimes people forget about the second half of life. The second half of life is that place where, you know what, I I'm going to use you as an example. I'm 33. I might not be where I think I should be. I might not even be where I intended to be but i am somewhere and i have a plan that is good i can i can rest and i can envision what i want to do and i can journey into the second half of my life which sometimes becomes better than the first half because the first half of your life say from 6 to 25 30 35 it's just gathering pace collecting mm. your tools mm. You know, and then the second half of your life is actually being who you're called to be because you would have gained wisdom. You would have gained wisdom from the process of error, the process of trial, the process of tribulation. You would have gained strength. You would know what works for you. If it comes to relationship, you're going to know who jives better with you. Okay, your eyes and your, your, your sort of 
um, 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 instinctive self might go, oh, I'm a boobies man, I'm a bottom man. But guess what? The boobies man, the boobie, the woman with the boobies and the bottom isn't necessarily the one that works your dream into a place of not have boobies, but she has a brain that can help you progress. So then you have to make different yes. decisions. Yeah. That is in your second half of life. You see, I was going to say something uh, like on that. So first, firstly, I want to take this opportunity to reintroduce myself. My name is Ray. I'm outstanding, but I'm always improving. Okay. Like <laughs> um, now, I don't want to digress too much because you okay. know I, I, I've got to say that you are very blessed and fortunate for you to have all that support, you know, mm. to basically lean on and show your your true naked mm. self. Mm. Now, I always find that you know it's not until quite recently that I, I and you know even the, all the people that came on the actual walk managed to kind of you know break that mold even just a little bit. Mm. So I'm 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 very intrigued just to. What advice have you got for people that have um, that want to seek that kind of naked relationship with someone or um, therapist or whatever it may be? Because I always find, especially in the in the black community, because there's that stigma attached to it, just like you experience when your you know your relative was saying you're going to a therapist. No, 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 no. You you, you can't because the back home there's that stigma of it's associated with madness and craziness madness, when it's not yeah. that exactly so and even though you know now is a new time a new day and age there's still that stigma where black people are still afraid to talk about their mental yeah. thoughts and share yeah. them so yeah. I th- and and while you were basically you know saying how privileged and fortunate you are I believe there's going to be a lot of listeners that are not in the same situation no, as yourself. No, and you've no. also come across people who are in the same kind of position. So what advice would you give those people who, you know, mm-hmm. want to someone to just talk to lean on without any judgment or anything like that? Okay. Um, I think it, it starts with men finding somebody that would not shame you I think shame is a big thing for us men um well, how do we carry shame we carry shame in a lot of different places we when I feel ashamed I want to go past it how do I go past it I need to be more of a man how do I become more of a man I need to then feel strong okay but if somebody can hold me when I feel ashamed and not make me feel shame that I am able to grow in my own wisdom. The advice I give people is that the, what you guys are doing, okay, I think it will sometimes in this day and age, it's difficult to find a trusted space because I think with the onset of social media and the disinhibition of people can just say things and not know where it's going to land and what people are going to do with it. So it, it needs to be a very, very careful scrutiny. The question I, I sort of um, ask people is, I mean, we are getting on, I mean, it's, it doesn't even have to be a romantic relationship. It can be friendships. Is, would you, is there anything I can ever say to you that will make you not care about me, love me, or see me differently? That question can trigger a whole lot. And it's not just the physical response, uh, the verbal response. It's also that nonverbal response if somebody says to you oh it depends on what you say 
I would know that actually I can't trust you with anything. But you would know if somebody is going to hold you. And it's a process of testing trust. Sometimes in this day and age, the, the speed of trust is too, too much. You know, you meet somebody, you know, it doesn't matter the, the, the way you connect. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. And a lot of people, you, the fact that you fuck somebody and you pillow talk them doesn't mean that you can confide in them. I'm sorry. No. There, there has to be a bit more than that. The fact that you and somebody shared a drink or... No. For me, for me, it's about... It's, it's your own sense. You have to sense it and you have to trust it. And you have to sometimes test it with little things. You know, because you can't just go from zero to 100 to say, oh, this is my liquor self. Take me as I am. That was stupid. You have to grow into that process. And you know what? Everybody needs about four people in their lives. Okay? Four people. You don't need too much. Four people. Somebody who challenges you. Somebody that, for me, you look up to and say, I want to be like you. Usually, from personally, it has to be my envisioned self. Okay? So I have dreams. I have a vision of who I ought to be. And I'm always looking to that person to say, Daniel version 5.0 um, requires a, this and this and this. So Daniel version 3, 2.2 right now needs to be doing X, Y, Z to be able to do that. It has to be a personal audit consistently every year. When I, 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 I have a quiet, I make an audit. Uh, almost a SWOT analysis of my life. This is what I want to be. This is where I am. These are the gaps. This is how I want to bridge that gap. Secondly, the, the second person somebody needs is somebody who would just chill with you. When you meet that person, it's not about grind or it's not about, it's just shooting breeze, just riffing, laughing for nothing. And watch how life evolves in those spaces. And I suppose that, that, that you guys have that as friends who have a common shared vision and wanting to work together. And thirdly, if it isn't, I mean, it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship, but you see, as men, how do I put this without offending your viewers? Just Every say. man needs somebody that makes them feel like a fucking king. Yeah? Like, proper you're like you're like you are the lord you're a king okay and a lot of times the way we start relationships is to almost pedestalize women and make a woman become so important they don't look back on us as enough or important and then when i have started pedestalizing the person i'm then having to keep up that process and then when i grow into my kingship or into the person that i know i am I've set the, the process in such a way that I can't go back and reclaim it. And a lot of men then began, begin to almost want to impose their will, which then fucks everything up. And then especially if there's a child involved or there are other arrangements that is almost wielded you to this person, then it's almost like living with the enemy. So the next thing, the next best thing is to find that side piece who gives you all of those things. But then if you're not necessarily committed to owning your shit and saying, my name is Daniel, actually, I like to have what I want, I like to do what I do, and I'm owning it, and whoever is in my life has to understand it, then you're living a fucking lie. And then you're looking at yourself in the mirror and going, I don't trust myself because I'm lying to this person, I'm lying to that person. Do you see what I mean? That can sometimes be a problem for us, but my father was a fucking polygamous he you know and he was on it he owned his shit he would say to everybody look my name is 
whoever I am, I like this. This is what I like. You know, he was happy, a very happy man, because he knew what he needed. A lot of times we don't know what we need. We don't communicate our needs and we don't ask people to give us what we want. The fourth person, um, the fourth person anybody needs is somebody who would be your elder, somebody who would teach, who have lived a life that is worthy. It doesn't have to be a successful life, but it has to be somebody whose feet you can sit under and gain wisdom. We don't have enough of those people in our lives. Um, yeah. I hope I've answered your question. Is there anything else that? <laughs> what else? Wow. Wow. <laughs> is there anything else? I don't think so. Like, whoa. <laughs> that is a thorough answer. Wow. I love that answer. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Deep <laughs> points. It applies, I think, to everything. Like, that is, that is an incredible standard to hold your interactions with people too, or to, to, to check the people around you, those closest yeah. to you against. Yeah. As you were saying it, so many things came to mind. One of them, beautiful okay. image of when you're sort of breaking down, you need someone to hold you at that point, to sort of yeah. keep you together. Yeah. And it, it yeah. just reminded me of this idea. Obviously, if, if you hold someone and they stay together, they're not broken. So if you need someone yeah. to hold you, they can hold you. But if you don't, yeah. you've lost it. Yeah. And there's that, yeah. there's the Japanese concept of, I think it's Kitsugi. Which is it is, Ikigai? Uh, is that that gold thing? Yes, where... yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. You break a bowl, you put the gold into the yeah, cracks you put and gold, you yeah. put it back together yeah. and it's but... way more valuable and it is unique yeah. because it was broken and it's broken in that particular way. No right. bowls will ever be the same. And oh, it that for whatever reason, there's there's a biblical story of uh, Job who gets tested for no particular reason other than the, the devil wants to test his <laughs> test. Yeah. There's a line where yeah. he says yeah. he'll be remade. As well, see, see uh, I, I digress. Oh. Huh. I digress. Oh, new, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think with Job, okay, so so my one of the things I say, I've got friends who are pastors and. I'm supposed to be the prodigal son. I like it. I like being the prodigal son. Uh, one of the things I say to them is, you know, God actually served Job up. Yeah? Goes to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Serves him up to be tested and all of that. Now, I think I have an exoteric understanding of all of that, but that's for another day. Yeah? That's not for today. The point is, we are all divine. We all have an embodiment of God in us. Okay, and your inner wisdom, the thing, your voice, you see, uh, another, another answer, adding to the answer I gave earlier about how do you find that support, your inner voice, the voice, your, your, your inner talk, the still small voice in your head is important. You have to teach it to speak nicely to you, remind you of your divinity. You are important because on the face of this planet, there wouldn't be any other person like you. DNA-wise, um, facial type, anything. So your, your uniqueness is also your power. And insofar as you own that and sit with that and allow that to come out, look, and I think sometimes we, 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 we all have to learn and grow and all of that, but there is something important 
important about each and every one of us. And it's, it's necessary to hold that importance and say to ourselves, I am fucking unique. And you know what? My mistakes are okay because out of those mistakes, I'd learn a bit more about me. Because when I, I, am, when I, when I feel shame and embarrassment, and the fear of losing or failing, what do I become? I become a perfectionist. And if I'm a perfectionist, then I'm not going to try. And if I'm not trying, I'm not learning. And if I'm not learning, I'm not growing. And if I'm not growing, I'm stagnant. And if I'm stagnant, I'm going to be stifled. So ultimately, the <laughs> yeah. So let's make mistakes. Let's fuck up. You know, let's, let's just, but then, hold ourselves accountable and to take responsibility when we fuck up. Vulnerability is saying to myself, I am not going to be perfect all the time. I'm going to do some things that are not great. I'm going to have, say something that wasn't great. I'm not going to plan it, but I will hurt somebody's feelings. But when I do, I have to go and say, you know what? I'm sorry. And if I don't, if I'm meant to hurt their feelings, don't go and say sorry. Because then you're not being respectful of yourself. Second, I can also, only imagine when, what a session with you would yeah, be like. It's quiet. I don't say much. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes I kick people off the backside, yes. <laughs> Do you know what? Some people need that sometimes. You know that. We need There's that a lot. man who's not afraid to keep it real with therapy. you. Oh, no, no. The thing with therapy is you have to you have to give people the space, and then you have to amplify feeling. And I'm not I'm not I, I'm I'm okay to say to people, you're fucking up. Get your shit together. But it's 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 in a loving, caring way, you know. I love that because one one thing I always tell everybody around me is that one like I've got the philosophy that you are the crowd you keep. Yes. If your friends are like wolves, then you're going to learn to howl like a wolf. Yes. If your friends are like eagles, you're going to learn how to soar great heights. Yeah. But at the same time, you also need friends who are going to tell you when you've done shit, but otherwise yeah. you won't know. Because if you've got yeah. friends that are always telling you, oh, yeah, you're doing good, you know, patting you on the back, laughing at you, meanwhile, you're doing wrong. Mm. And sometimes it's that thing of you don't know what you don't know mm. until someone tells you yeah. that, you know what, you've done wrong here. You need to fix up and it makes you reflect and it goes back to what you were saying is that who do you spend more time with than anybody else every single day yourself yourself exactly exactly and it's all about channeling that 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 inner voice inside of you to know that we're amazing we're outstanding we're sensational we're all these things and that carries us through yeah yeah i had a i had a quote uh i don't know who said it but i've I've read it somewhere that said, you're perfect, but not complete. So, so your, your perfection is in the moment. Right now, you're perfect. You're, you're perfect just as you are, but you're on a journey. Therefore, you're perfect, but not complete means I need to. And, and I think that the, the analogy that comes to mind is when I have envisioned a project and I've laid out a blueprint, it's, it's a perfect project, but I've not built it yet. And I think a lot of times what most of us do is to have that vision 
and then stop and then have the expectation that because I have envisioned it, it has to come to pass. That That is where a lot of our dysfunctions are because the, the idea is wonderful, but it needs to be executed. How do you execute? You execute through action, inspired action, not just any old action. And I, I want to tell a story about, and I know I don't, um, I don't know the origins of this story, but uh, I mean, there's nothing new under the face of the sun, so I'm going to replicate it in my own words. Apparently, the pharaoh was dying. He had two, two, two nephews, and then they were supposed to build him a pyramid. And then the first one started working, building, building, building. And then the second one spent about, they all had 20 years to do it, spent 10 years, uh, had a blueprint, and then started building some sort of contraption with which to build. He comes out after about 10 years, and then he builds his pyramid. Meanwhile, the person that's just building is started building, and then when it got difficult, he couldn't build anymore. What's the moral of my story? Life has to be lived in two modes, okay? One, you have to live life with action, but the action has to be inspired. How do you get to inspired action? You get to inspired action by having ideas that work. So, your brain is in two spaces. Um, it's the thinking, fast thinking, slow thinking. Your fast thinking is almost the natural instinct, your instinct. It, it feels good, so I'm doing it. But slow thinking is what's the impact? What's the purpose? How does it connect to your destiny? How does that lead you to the next thing that you're doing? And the two have to walk side by side. And sometimes we're too instinctive and not enough purpose and deliberate action which is why sometimes we fail. But if we can do the two together, come on, you can fail, but you would know why you failed and you can circle back to your why, you know, and then go and recalibrate your steps and find yourself again. For me, it's important. Age is only a fucking number. Secondly, it's, this life is not a race. And thirdly, you are exactly where you're supposed to be and you are doing the best you can. And then finally, Finally, I'm a big believer in the 1% increase. If I can do something little by little every day and increase by 1%, I am actually going to be increasing by 365% by the end of the year. Um, I think it was a guy called something Claire. He has a book, Atomic Habits. That's where I got that from. And it, it, for me, it's just the journey, the process, is more important than the destination because the destination has to be an amalgamation of everything that has happened on the journey. And if you get to the destination bruised, battered, and annoyed and pissed off, what's the fucking point? It, well, your wisdom is in how you get to the process of becoming. So you are going to, Ray is going to be, Ray has a vision of himself as, I don't know what your vision is, but whatever you envision yourself to be, that step, that pyramid, that sort of, if you think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that sort of getting to the actualization cannot happen without scaling the steps below that. And a lot of us start life and thinking, I want to be actualized. How do you fucking actualize without going through belonging and, you know, finding all the other steps? Come on. Yeah. So... I mean, that is so many things I want to add to it. 
I'll go with the please do. Uh, I'll go with the one that really I think ties this pursuit of perfection with passion and with trying to live a purposeful and meaningful life, which is, mm. for example, the fact that as a human being, there is no particular thing we are designed to do. Mm. There are many things we can do, and this is the burden of choice that we have. We can do and be anything. A pen is a pen. We know what it's used for. A banana, it might have many uses, but we know it's a fruit or a banana tree. We know it's going to produce fruit. A human being doesn't have like, even if you say you're a doctor, that's just one function you're serving. The way to becoming a doctor and has your a doctor, there are many other functions we, we serve. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons a lot of us will feel perhaps even lost, just like you were in marketing before and now you're yeah. in so, you know, completely different I'm, a, I'm everything. I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 <laughs> everything. I'm, I'm, I've done, I've sort of circled back and, you know, uh, without uh, apologies for cutting in, but what I'm finding now is every part of that journey everything i have done has become almost like a crescendo it's almost like everything has added together to make me this person sat here daniel sitting here right now is fuller more resourceful i have breath and i have so much joy simply because of all those respective journeys i went on and to some degree it's okay because i mean if i if you have asked me 15 years ago, 20 years ago, that why, why is that important? I would have told you, I don't know. Something inspired me to do different things. And those different things have all worked together for where I am now. And I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, this is the best life that I've, I'm living. I can't, I can't say that. To, I'm living this best life. And you know what? In this moment, it is the best I'll ever be. And I also know that this is the least I'll ever be. That means that what, what is ahead of me is greater and better than this. But I have to be able to sit here and take it in and enjoy it and then go on to whatever lies ahead of me, knowing that it is better because this is the least I'll ever be. That's it. I think for anyone who is listening and you don't know what specifically you want to do or become the thing not to miss i think from what daniel's saying is don't see it as he is his profession or his job i think that is the vehicle that encompasses the passion he has but don't disregard where he's going it isn't necessarily to a role it is to the impact that he's leaving his imprint on the, on yes. the planet, yes. which is all about yes. helping people. people. If, if you follow the journey, it, correct me if I'm wrong, it goes, yeah. I grew up, it was a strict upbringing. It taught me to be a man. The rite of passage, the becoming a man is you look after yourself, you sort yourself out, you acquire certain things, you get that stability. And in that, there was a blueprint that looked perfect. There was a plan mm -hmm. for the life that was who would be there, who would play what role, how it would play out. That gets thrown to the side and that changes yeah. the trajectory to it's not all about me and what I want to no. be and do. 
part of the healing process, as much as all these things we were asking Daniel about that he engaged with, a big part of the healing process is the transition, moving from what I would say is that childish thinking we all tend to have of it's all about me, 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 to how can I help someone else? Because in that, you just, A, like Ray often shares, uh, was it a problem shared is a problem halved? Problem half solved. And half solved. And just this fact that you gain empathy with everyone around you and you know that it's not just me, but the feeling of helping someone is what would then drive Daniel to, obviously what he was experiencing led him to start reading things like Nietzsche, uh, Ayn Rand, and all these other, many, many other texts. But it's this wanting to help and understand how you go about helping people. This is where you have to respect your craft or the profession or the thing that you want to do. Just like a professional athlete might love the technicality of what they do, whatever their sport, but they have to respect it enough to look at the recovery, the nutrition, the re- so many other things, the people around them because of the, the conversations they're hearing. And this is what Daniel's blueprint has been like, which has taken him back to figuring out a different rite of passage. And he's now saying to you, as amazing as everything he is doing right now is, and as much effort as he has put in right now, this is the least that he is. And if you can look at yourself today in a kind way, knowing that after today, it's only going to get better, that's a brilliant way to wake up. 1% better every day, 365% better every year, 10 years time, three, hey, I'm not a math guy, 3,000, right? <laughs> it's just, but it's, it's this, give yourself these little steps and appreciate the journey along the way and the key people because whatever your plan is today, it could change. And just, I, I love, I really do love the way that you've shared this journey that you've been going through and these this dense i want to say these are dense nuggets you you don't go to the ocean or a well with a teaspoon like <laughs> you need a, a bucket or a pipeline with this like there's you do, you do. and it is easy to overlook how much you're doing how much hard work is in the background because whatever you think you want to do if you want to do it to a high level it's going to take work and that's going to cause stress and pressure. And I know you're not telling us all the nitty gritty, but you're alluding to it. I just mm-hmm. encourage people to find something you fall in love with enough and are driven enough that even if it drives you crazy, you will persist. Even if you feel like you've messed up and you may as well pack up because it's useless. When you reach that point, Remember Daniel's words and just try and do 1%, which is negligible, just 1% of something today and just do another 1% tomorrow and trust that over time something will come of it and it'll make sense looking backwards. If we could talk all night long. <laughs> we could do that. Uh, people should be kind to themselves and 
minimize the critical voice in their heads because that voice is a part of you that is connected to your very lizard brain and outmoded brain that wants to safeguard you and wants you to survive. So it's screaming at you to say, don't try anything new. Just stay in your comfort zone because that's what we don't, we don't, we don't want to change. We don't want change. We don't, but um, minimize that voice by feeling grateful for your ability to add value to not just yourself, other people, but also be kind to yourself. And how are you, how, how is, how does that work? Kindness to self is to say to self, you're doing as the best you can. And if sometimes you feel like it has to be lay in bed for a little bit, just do that. Allow yourself that grace and, and ask yourself if another person is going through this feeling, whatever that feeling is, what would I be saying to them? How would I be supporting them? And give yourself that support. It's important. That's powerful. That, that you've given them too much. We're, we're gonna move to closing. <laughs> you've given them too much. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> oh man, this is this is incredible. Absolutely phenomenal. Powerful. Really powerful. Yeah. Seriously. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll move to closing because. Woo! Okay. Too much of a good thing. <laughs> oh, there's so much I want to say, but yeah, I, I'll, I'll transition to our four surprise questions for you today, Daniel. Okay. Okay. And first question is a simple one, I think. What's the best thing about being black? The best thing about being black is the fact that there is power in their struggle, a struggle that across the years, you see people transcending difficulties and overcoming adversity. And that in itself makes me feel like my ancestors or where I come from or whatever has brought me here is meaningful. Um, when you look across history, you know, from Rosa Parks to Martin Luther King to um, all the wonderful people, the civil rights movement, even in England, you know, that there is, I, I have role models that I can look to to transcend whatever difficulties I'm sort of going through right now. Beyond that, I think there's a, there's a music, you know, the music, that the rhythm and, and the, the, the fact that agility, you know, football and that, that there's so much wealth in, in blackness. There's so much joy in the food, you know, um, um, and and that, that this this energy, you know, this energy. We 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 we've congregated here to talk about blackness and vulnerability and all of those things. And and, and everything we talked about, the energy is almost spiritual. Um, and I think I, I don't know how to succinctly say it, but being black, I'm now gradually beginning to embrace it as 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 a power rather than something that. I needed to negotiate. And I think that process, I mean, I'm still in that process. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be black and I'm proud to be black because there are so many wonderful things I can hold to as part of my blackness. Awesome. Who taught you how to shape? I was gonna. Oh, you were gonna ask? Oh, my bad, my bad. 
Uh, <laughs> no, you beat me to it. You beat me to it. Go ahead. Oh, Go ahead. <laughs> now I was going to ask. Um, you know, you look pretty. You look pretty handsome. Who taught you how to shave? <laughs> oh, oh, um, okay. So, so uh, I was raised. I mean, I, I sort of. My mum raised me. Um, I connected with my dad when I was a bit older, um, and I learned how to shave watching him shave. Uh, he was a ladies' man. He had a way with looking good and grooming and all of that. Uh, I, I'm the opposite of him because uh, I learned how to do well by watching him fuck up. So, <laughs> fabulous, fabulous, and that feeds into my next question as well. Before I get rudely interrupted. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, what advice would you give your younger self? Um. I, I've actually funny enough. I wrote. Um, I I always every year I write a letter to my younger self. The year, the one from the year before, and I think this year what I wrote was this year has been difficult. Um, but I would say to my younger self, say my younger younger self, not just the one from last year. I say to him. You would, you're okay. You've done well. Um, the anxieties and the feelings of trepidation and the fear that your dreams are bigger than you, you, you you're doing great. You are you're transcending. You're breaking barriers. You probably aren't where you thought you were going to be at this age, but guess what? You're enjoying life more than you thought you would, and you are making an impact in the lives of people. It is very gradual. It isn't... It's all like quietly, but it's a very big impact that is gathering momentum. Um, I, I think I'm, I, I see myself as somebody who's a revolutionary. I'm revolutionary in the way I see the world, but I'm also respectful of everybody else's ability to be like me, if that makes sense, which means that I work in collaboration rather than drag people along. Um, and what I would say to my younger self is that red Ferrari that you thought you needed, you don't fucking need it because Ferraris are ain't shit anymore. Yeah, I say that to him as well. I'm being cautious and trepidatious too. What? I don't want to rudely what? interrupt Ray. <laughs> 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 go ahead go ahead bro go ahead wrap it up thank you uh, my final question for you daniel what do you wish more men talked about vulnerability uh, and i'm not saying that just for the sake of it uh, i think a lot of men hold so much embarrassment and shame and it, it it's because it's internalized it's bigger than it actually is and if more men are getting together and opening up, they would find that actually like that big dragon that is inside of them eating them up is actually a silhouette of something very small. Because if we're talking about the things we feel uncomfortable about and the things we're ashamed about, we will find that we're all going through either similar experiences or we're all, we have strengths that can overcome 
groups can help another person understand themselves a lot better. I think we need to create safe spaces for men to be themselves and be able to speak about, I feel a little bit scared about that. I don't feel adequate about this. I am a bit angry about that. I feel a bit of shame. And then in doing that, guess what? We normalize that which we're afraid of. Because if when, when I stop being afraid, guess what? I'm able to take more risk. I'm able to do things courageously. I'm not hiding anymore. I'm able to ask for help. The one thing men don't do is to ask for help, not just help in emotional things, but help in, I'm building this business. Can you have a look at it and see how you can help me scale it up? But men don't go and ask because they're worried that somebody might say, it's not good enough. And therefore, I'm, I'll be embarrassed if I show somebody the work I'm doing. But for me, it's about collaborating. It's about saying, look, can you help me do this? You have that friend. You have, you know, we don't do that enough. And full stop. If we start talking as men and we start helping each other, then you know what? We will probably be better off as a group of people and as individuals than we are right now. Watch this space, and I'm not trying to make this a gender issue. A lot of women get together and have girls trip and do all of those things, and they talk about their deeply emotional stuff, and they help each other transcend those emotions and those difficulties and get support. A lot of men get together and go on boys' holiday and go get drunk and chase girls. That's okay, but it should be done in conjunction with that circle sitting in a circle and I think a lot of other men a lot of men also need initiation ceremonies ceremonies that allow them to transition into men because there are there will be a man in the circles that knows something that we don't know which is that elderly wisdom that should be shared and for men you know especially younger men to feel like actually the things you're going through it's okay because we have all gone through that and we've transcended it and we've grown into the, the man that you respect now. It's okay. And a lot of men don't hear that. So therefore, they carry that burden as if it's just them. But if it is open, if men open up and share, especially older men, share their, different, their difficulties, their fuck-ups, their failings, then younger men will feel empowered to also take steps that negate some of the things they do in the dark and hide in their shame all the time. I honestly can't thank you enough, Daniel. The You're welcome. rich insights today and just the depth and wealth of advice that you've been sharing and just so openly, you know, there's a lot of very personal stuff you got into that's just wonderful for anyone listening. I'm sure if, if not for them, they'll know somebody who needs to hear what a lot of what you've said. It's been immensely impactful for me personally, and it's, this conversation has really helped. I, I want to really thank you for being just a great example of a human being, but in the context of how we're discussing this, a black man. And in a profession, I believe, where we don't see often many black men and to show that we can be there and we can make these amazing impacts on people in so many ways. A lot of us do care overall about people. 
And I think it's wonderful that you're in a profession, in an industry even, that I personally wouldn't necessarily be here without. And I'm so glad that you're still here with us. You're such an important man. And I look just so forward to seeing what else you have cooking in the pipelines for your future. Uh, incredible things to come, no doubt. Yeah. On that note, are there any projects that maybe we should look out for, things you're aware of, or um, what's the best way for people to connect or support you or anything like that? Um, I mean, I, I, I have a, a private practice, but I'm branching into, I want to create um, a culturally competent uh, employee assistance program because I think work is important. But work has to be trauma-informed. People have to feel a, a, a enjoyment at work. I'm, I'm passionate about helping people do work from a place of enjoyment. So I want to develop a, a black-led employee assistance program where people, because I think the issue around race and the difficulties around otherness, you know, you, you alluded to, I mean, I have had experiences where somebody has said something now that could trigger something in me that I might not name or cannot name because that say, even if I go to see a work-sponsored therapist, I cannot go and say the problem I'm having is as a result of banter in my work that triggers something in me. But if it is with a black person who is culturally competent, it's an easy conversation to have, which then takes away the pressure of needing to almost minimize my, the depth of my issues. Um, secondly, I think uh, I'm also a big believer in children and their safety. Uh, and I want to, I'm developing a service that would support local authorities, uh, children's services, work with black families in a more preventative way. Because I think a lot of times um, black families are overrepresented in child protection in the child protection system, but underrepresented in the preventative system. So family support doesn't go to a lot of black families simply because we don't open up enough. So I want to create a two-way process where trust is earned, you know, families trust services and services understand families a bit better so that there is that cohesion. And then, you know, I think when you look at the COVID situation and the pandemic, it's disproportionately affected black people, which would mean that there will be children who are impoverished a bit more because of the current circumstances. But are, the, are services going to reach them? It is debatable, simply because the, the general, the, the, the ongoing issue is that they're not reached anywhere in normal times. So how then do you expect that they get reached at these times? And our families going to open themselves up to be scrutinized because there could be the fear of my child will be taken away. Or there could be the stigma of we look after ourselves, we look after each other, why would you want to bring social services in? But they have a plethora of services that may help a family transcend what has been a very, very dark period in our history as human beings. So all of those things are brewing. Uh, I, I kind of work from a place of, I brainstorm a lot. So by the time I put, if I put something on paper, it is definitely going to succeed because it would have been perfected in my, my psyche. So uh, it's happening and it's happening with an organization I, 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 I affiliate with, which is a, a Caribbean and African Health Network. 
so the projects will be will be will be within that that space um, and then personally as a therapist um, I'm learning to become a supervisor of people in the helping professions so if you know any counselor who needs a supervisor I'm a very great supervisor I would give them free supervision yeah I, I can vouch for that. <laughs> You're not supervised <laughs> from, from this experience. <laughs> reach out, people. Reach out if you need a supervisor. Yeah, please do. You'll be yeah. standing on the shoulders of a great giant. Um, can I please say this? Um, you guys have a wonderful chemistry. I like your energy. Um, I think there is a lot of wisdom I mean, and this was a collaborative effort. This wasn't just me. I'm bouncing off your energies. Um, I think I'm a big believer in connection. I'm a big believer in the, the, the space, you know, that, well, I'm going to use the scriptures, but I'm going to use it in my own esoteric way. Where two, where two or three are gathered, you know, God is in our midst. And I, I think there was, there was something powerful happening here in terms of the riffing and the conversations and the insights and you brought so much to you I bounced off you I bounced off Ray I mean Ray has I mean I, I'm sorry I'm going to say this but Ray you have this very quiet very intuitive deep wisdom and, and I think your your strength is the ability to hold your your your, your nerve and say what really needs to be said I'm a talkative but I I, I wish I could borrow some of your calm and quiet um, you know, and, and, and Shamanda, you are so eloquent. I mean, come on, some of the vocabulary. I, you used the word that I read somewhere that I've never been able to pronounce tacit. I thought it was beautifully used and it just linked to whatever. And the two of you, wonderful. I, I, I want to predict something. I want to say that what you're doing, uh, including Christian and, and what you guys are about, for me, is a seed. Okay, it's a seed that would yield fruit, bear fruit, and yield a lot of. I mean, I'm seeing it as a seed. Let's say it's an acorn that would grow into a big oak where a lot of black men can come and take shade underneath this big tree, rest and be resourced, be refreshed, and go out into their lives and impact those lives. So, you guys will be a place of resourcing so that people can come and take wisdom and take rest and go and do well in their lives and impact their families and do great things. That for me is what I sense for you and that's what I'm hoping for you. So you will be the facilitators of greatness. And it has started small, I know. It's small beginnings. And I know sometimes it might, come, it might feel like, you know, well, lockdown and we're not making progress and work and all of that. Persevere with it. Everything that you've told the people, hold up for yourselves and let this dream become a reality. It is a reality and it will make, it will be a big thing, but it will take time and let time be your ally. Let time be your friend. Embrace time as a concept of perfection because time allows you to perfect that which has already been established. No, I, uh, what you said, you know, it's, it's, it's heartwarming and inspiring to hear. Um, and everything we're doing is so in tune with that. 
you know, especially what we're trying to do in terms of bringing the togetherness, the bonds, the purpose, the identity of every single black man together for us to inspire, empower, lean, lead each other to, you know, prosperity Mm. now and also you know in in the distant future as well so and i'm glad that even though you know you're part of the you you've been part of this journey even in talks from the very beginning when we were shedding light through christian to yourself and you know just hearing all the great things about who you are and um how what we're doing inspires and motivates you and just giving us those kind encouraging words you know has done a lot and you know, this is just the beginning of the journey. Um, I, I, I think as a co- cohort for all three of us, we see that. And, you know, it's not just us, but it's also, you know, having you connected in the whole journey mm. to just make it so, so, so momentous. Mm. And what one thing that really resonates was a quote I, I, I came across a long time ago, which said, maybe you've been assigned this mountain to show others you can actually move it. Mm. So for us, you know, going up, hiking and, you know, Mm. taking even black men into the environment where they're not accustomed to or used to and us exploring, because again, I I think we've said this previously and, you know, you echo this, Shamenda, as well, is that it's hard to get men in a, you know, in a building around each other and share feelings and talk about Mm. each other. Mm. Whereas where you take 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 them out of their comfort zone and you show them of what nature is, it's more like we're connecting to our deeper roots of us mm. being in the out great outdoor of mm. rather than in a city kind of thing. Mm. And it just opens our minds for us to connect mm. our minds and just that spiritual grow grow kind of thing as well. So yeah. Good. Hey, long may it continue, and uh, yeah, uh, thank you for allowing me to be myself. It's uh, it's been a very enjoyable evening. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been nice. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. You do have me back when you become like uh, the number one trending podcast on uh, <laughs> Please, by all means, bring me back. That'd be nice. Without yeah. fail, without fail, whether we're trending or not, <laughs> but you're coming back. I have too many questions. <laughs> yeah, this just humbled absolute gratitude to you, and just thank you so much for being generous, so generous with your time. And you're welcome, your you're welcome anytime, honestly. Anytime. Great man. <laughs> Finally, I, I was going to say that, you know, to, to, to our listeners, if they need to find you in any way or connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Um, I'm, not, I'm not on social media, but I do have a website. Um, so I can give you my, you, you can post, post my email address and my number uh, on there. For, okay, so I don't even remember my number. If you've got it, put it out there um, for people to, uh, yeah, connect with me. No problem. Um, I and then I don't have social media. I don't know why I've not needed it, but uh, but yeah, busy. but uh, I've, yeah, I've got a website. It's uh, com or .co.uk, and then my telephone number, which is not coming to me right now, 
should be there somewhere for somebody to get in touch. Don't worry, we'll, we'll put it. We'll, we'll we'll put it in the description. Yes, wonderful, wonderful, and uh, yeah, I, I do take care of yourselves and uh, long may whatever you're doing continue. You're doing a great job. Definitely, you you're part of the journey. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> okay, okay. I like a challenge. I like a challenge. Um, yeah. <laughs> So I, 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 when you start making it big, I would have to slice the slice of my pie would be what I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> you get a mention. <laughs> I will get a mention. That's a, hey, a good name. A good name is better than mention. Isn't Don't it? come yeah. to me looking for royalties, Daniel. <laughs> no, 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 well, you see. I don't worry, I've got rich friends, so I'll be all right. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we'll become them rich friends. Like your acorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be looking out for you. Yeah. Man, honestly, uh, thank you for uh, take care, watering sir. the acorn uh, no, speaking life to it. I'm looking hey, forward to the journey together. I, it will you'll be fine. You'll be good. You'll be fine. I think I think it's everything is about intent. You know, when the intention is good. The universe has a wonderful way of bringing collaborative components. And what as you go on your journey, insofar as you're in tune, and I think the three of you should care about each other and support each other and hold each other, giving each other strength where each other is weak and, and bonding. And when that collaborative effort is there with a good intention, the universe has a wonderful way of expanding you and growing you. Um, Finally, the thing I would say to you is, you know, that, 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 that the Earth spins on its axis at a very, very specific degree, whatever that is. You have no control over that. Your internal organs work the way they work. You have no control over that. But the only control you have is to trust your instincts and hold your desires in a place of sacredness, i.e. The, the, the dreams and desires that come to you and the where you're connecting these things together and putting them together is that is your divine purpose. Trust it and honor it and let let it do what it needs to do by itself. And just go on that journey with it. Don't don't worry about controlling it and whichever way it takes you, just flow with it and, and watch things just become um, I mean exceedingly abundantly above your expectations. Appreciate you, man. That's beautiful. Words. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. I, I, I did something for you guys today. I sacrificed watching Liverpool versus Tottenham for you. That's a gift I wouldn't give anybody. <laughs> so, yeah, on that, on that note, I'm going to uh, catch the highlights. <laughs> All right, see you soon. All right, take care. Right, take care. Good night. Stay safe. Hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed creating. Don't forget to follow, like, share and connect with us on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. Subscribe to our latest episode and listen to any you missed. And tune in next episode. Take care.